0: I'm Kurt Sandvik, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about the CIA and the paranormal. You'll see. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. That's right, we have shout-outs going out to Art Muffin, Maury, Trudy, Tim, Matt, Justin, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, the Croatian sensation, Julia. Damien and Daniel, Jasmine, Ian, Eric, Brandon, Jen, Alexandra, Simon, Eek, George, Connie, Seth, Christine, Jason, Hayden, Cindy, Kim, Adam, Ashley, Krista, Harry the Bassist, Erie the Cat, Fran, Dave, and Sean. Carolyn, what's that? Ian, Lorelai, Carrie, Ezra, Robin, Will, Carrie, Jim, Kelly, Lauren, and Phil Mangano, Bill, Russell, Chris, Brandon, I, April, Seth, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy. Oh, Sorry, Dorian and Isaac. Hey, how you guys doing? Cindy, Bob, Sean Bishop, Cole, Ah, Monsters, Paula, Alicia, Jerry, Leo, Austin, Rachel, Lindsay, Hawn. Erica, Jennifer, Megan, Aaron, Amy, Jeff, T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, Josh, Rosa, Shelley, Lauren McCune, hey howdy hi, Veronica, Nick, Autumn, J-Mark, Amber, Carolyn, Martin, Jade, Nanashi, Megan, Heidi, Kira, Pablo, Chuck, Laura, Rutho, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Juliana, Dan, Laura, Gamerfan, oh I don't know Gamerfan's name I don't think, and Lauren and David, and as always we have a special shout out to Joe Teague. Thank you guys. Oh, so much. If you want to be a patron head on over to patreon.com paranormalalmanac paranormal Almanac for all your paranormal Almanac needs. The patrons are the best. They are the ones that have made the show look and sound even better. If you've listened or watched, hopefully if you've watched any of the bonus quarantine editions, whether you like the callers or not, you just want typical regular episodes. If you've checked it out online, all of the stuff that you see on there From the graphics, to the background, to the sound, to the lighting, to the camera, is all because of the patrons. So, patrons, you have my eternal gratitude, my eternal thanks for making this show a better show. Alright, let's head on over to Paranormal News. Paranormal News. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paranormal News. The first story up in paranormal, there's a lot of it. I mean, it's only been like two weeks, I think, since I did one of these regular episodes. But in two weeks, I have a ton of paranormal news. So let's head on over to Paranormal News. The first story in Paranormal News, declassified CIA X-Files kept secret for over 40 years, reveals UFOs circled above Scottish town in the late 50s. That's right, we have declassified CIA documents about UFOs over a Scottish town in the late 50s that just came to light. Out of nowhere, really. It says, newly released documents by the United States Central Intelligence Agency report a mysterious incident when radar posts tracked a UFO which dove and circled between 60,000 feet and 14,000 feet over Scotland. Now, the sighting took place in the late 50s It says it was described by Wing Commander W.P. Whitworth, based in Scotland, as quite definitely this was no freak. It was an object of some substance and no mistake could have been made. They say that the report concludes, on the basis of the evidence in this report, NICAP has concluded that UFOs are real and that they appear to be intelligently controlled. We believe that it is a reasonable hypothesis that UFOs, beyond those explainable as conventional aircraft or objects or phenomena, are manifestations of extraterrestrial life. Let me read that again. NICAP concludes UFOs are real and they're manifestations of extraterrestrial life. So this 186-page document, which was released by the CIA, was kept in a closed file for almost 40 years. Apart from the UFO sighting, the document also includes psychic powers and Cold War espionage over the decades of spy games. Huh, that's weird. It almost sounds like this is what I'm going to be talking about in just a little bit. It goes on to say, The lecturer in intelligence and international security at the University of Glasgow, Damien von... Ooh, von Puyveld, by Poivaldi. Poivaldi. I have no idea how to say your last name. Sorry, there, uh, Damien. Well, he told the uh, this newspaper the references reflect the global scape of CIA activities and the evolution of its interests from assessments of the Soviet economy to public perception of the Vietnam War, to perceived communist influence in Latin America, to the rise of terrorist threats and more eccentric issues like UFOs and psychics. And just for a fun note, uh, it's uh, they misspelled psychics. They call it psychists. Psychists. That's hard to say. Anyhow, I'll get more of that in just a little bit. Let's continue on to the next story in Paranormal News. This next story comes to you from Tom DeLong. He says people need to open their minds. The ex-Blink-182 singer has, its own, has his own UFO show. He talks about spooked moonwalkers, a mysterious 1940s crash, and what Donald Trump and Boris Johnson dare not reveal. He said, people used to buckle up. They open their, people need to buckle up, open their minds and stop talking about, you know, aliens and extraterrestrials, because I have a feeling that's not exactly what it is. What he means by that, I have no idea. But uh, he's gone on to say, like, he has, you know, the expertise. He has the knowledge. He has knowledge that some of us don't even have. He says, I got deeply involved when I was starting seventh grade. Then after we signed to a major label, I used my first check to buy a computer specifically to get deeper into researching the subject. It's really all I've ever done outside of music and building a family. And I got to say, I, I really do respect some of the stuff that he's done. A lot of the stuff that he's done. I mean, he's the one that figured out or found his division, whatever you want to call it, his program found out about the top secret $22 million UFO, ta- uh, $22 million UFO task force. And he's also found out about the tic tacs and the the gimbal and a lot of the ufos that we've been seeing and he says they even have materials so basically the article just goes on to say it's not conspiratorial anyone can go on to the cia website and read thousands of reports there's just a vacuum of conversation our government has had decades of the very difficult burden of dealing with something that is extremely advanced but poorly understood they need time to dig into this, to understand it, to gather data, and analyze it. Huh, the CIA's brought up two for two in paranormal news. Almost like it's part of this episode. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. No longer in the shadows, Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. Yes, again, they're been ta- I know I've already talked about this one, but they're talking about it again. They said that for over a decade, the program, now tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence has discussed mysterious events in classified briefings, but they are going public in this coming year, which is, I think, a very big indicator of another step of disclosure, another part of disclosure, whatever you want to call it. Disclosure is happening. It's becoming a very public thing to talk about. They said in 2017, they disclosed the existence of a predecessor unit called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, that $22 million program I was just talking about a second ago. But this new program, this new program is going to go to the public. It's going to tell the public. Now, don't get your hopes up. They're going to tell us everything because I can guarantee us, I can guarantee you and me, all of us, I can guarantee they are not going to tell us everything, not even remotely, but even if they nickel and dime out the information, they give us just a little bit of a little taste here and there. We're getting a ton more information that we would have got 10 years ago, 20 years ago, hell five years ago. It's becoming more norm to talk about UFOs. And again, that's a good thing. righty, Up next in paranormal news, how to watch as an asteroid zooms close to earth this week that's right it's not uncommon for asteroids to pass relatively close to earth but it's rare we get the chance to witness them as they go by but this friday asteroid 2020 sw will be visible the asteroid will make its closest approach to our planet on thursday but you just said friday that's weird um now it's saying thursday the asteroid will make its closest approach to our planet on thursday eager skywatchers will have the unique opportunity to witness 2020 SW's close approach via a live feed, courtesy of the Virtual Telescope Project, starting on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, it went from Friday to Thursday, now we're at Wednesday. If this keeps going, it's going to be too late for me to even tell you about it, because it's already, it's already Wednesday, right? What is happening? This is the worst written article ever. Yeah, it's today at three then so apparently today at three you can check it out by going over to virtual telescope project and that's virtualtelescope.eu not.com not.org not any of those.eu so <laughs> sorry for the late notice i guess but it's not my fault uh but check it out you can watch the asteroid go by If you go to that website virtualtelescope.eu up next in paranormal news stitch it's cool buddy nebraska bigfoot museum says torn braided flag provides new evidence of bigfoot that's right of bigfoot there's one specific word harriet mcfeely listens for when she talks to guests at her museum in hastings hastings nebraska that is weird is the key word here i always say to people you ever have anything weird you ever hear anything weird then they always throw out, "Well, there was this one weird feeling," and that one weird thing after another is what led to the creation of the Nebraska Bigfoot Crossroads of America Museum. The latest peculiar exhibit comes courtesy of Garrison, Nebraska, a tiny town about 95 miles northeast of Hastings. The flag at the local cemetery was discovered torn up. Garrison resident Jim Darrow initially blamed a recent thunderstorm, a recent thunderstorm, but then he looked closer and he noticed the flag was braided. He said three large braids are tied into very hard knots at the end, which is amazing itself, but then if you look closer, there's very tiny braids, single strands of fabric that are braided, and then knotted, and then braided again. When a museum visitor relayed the story to McFeely, she knew she needed to see the flag. She says, I saw this picture, and that big knot up there, that's all I saw, and I knew it. I knew it. It was the same. The same of what? Well, the same as the horse braid exhibit already at the museum. McFeely says horses across the world sometimes show up with unexplained braids in their hair. She said the braided horses could be connected to Bigfoot. What the hell is happening right now? All right, let me continue on with this story. All I know is of all of these places, every place where there is horses that have been braided, we've also found footprints that we've made casts out of. People have taken pictures of Bigfoot there as well. Now, she visited Garrison and got Darrow to donate the flag. While there, locals told McFeely of several other mysterious sightings. Two people shared unexplained stories from nearby Stromsburg and Seward. And McFeely's news conference today, this is what she had to say. It lends some credence to the idea of Bigfoot. That's as good of an explanation as any. It doesn't even matter if they believe or not, because I do, McFeely says. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'll be honest, this is the first I've ever heard of Bigfoot braiding horses' hairs and then a, a flag. You know, if I found a ripped up flag that's been braided in a cemetery, I'd go and ask the local goths. I'd find the closest local goth youth and I'd be like, hey, which one of you chuckleheads just braided a flag? My first thought would not be, oh, there's got to be a Bigfoot around here. Bigfoot, they love to braid stuff. If you find a horse, Bigfoot just walk up and start braiding them. What is happening with this story? I, uh, yeah, I got nothing, man. Um, grain of salt news story, I guess. But again, who the hell am I to say you know, no to it. I don't know what the hell Bigfoot do for fun. Maybe they do braid horses hairs for fun. I don't know. It's just a weird one. Alrighty. Continuing on with Bigfoot, North Carolina town declares Bigfoot world's social distancing champion. That's about all you need to know from that story. It's just a fun little story. They said, hey, everybody's social distancing right now, but nobody does it as good as Bigfoot. Alrighty, moving on to paranormal news. Cause we got more stories. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stories in paranormal news. This isn't even all of them, but I'm like 15 minutes into this episode, but all right, let me keep going. Man captures Gettysburg ghosts in spine tingling video during tour of the civil war site. He says he saw the shapes, the size of humans moving in the darkness a man said he captured video footage of ghosts during a late night tour of the infamous Civil War battle in Gettysburg. His name is Greg Yuling, he's 46, he said he and his family had driven down to the site as tourists to learn more about the history of the Civil War and to see the old battlegrounds where the guy blah blah. You know why he was there. Let's get to the video. Let's make with the spooky. Alright, first I'm watching it. Okay, it's him driving up. How long is this video? Oh, no, it's not that long. Okay, it's him driving up. Still him driving up. I see two cannons. Oh! No, that's water. That was a water droplet. Sorry, dude. That's it. That was a water droplet. All right, he stopped the car. He's looking at the cannons and the headlights. It's nighttime in Gettysburg. I didn't know you could drive through there at night. I just see water droplets going down the camera. Make with the ghosts, dude. Make with the ghosts. What? That, what? That was it. What? That was it. Um... All right, so let me read what he said he saw. We were driving along one night, and we started hearing noises. I heard things to the left, and my uncle heard things to the right. And then there was a fog, but the fog was weird. It was only in one patch, not dispersed. He said he saw shapes the size of humans moving in the darkness. It was scary. It was crazy. My uncle got so scared, he rolled up the window. Later, he said, watching the videos over and over again, blowing it up on the big screen to take a closer look. It was really exciting, but I also got this strange, ominous feeling like something was telling me not to go. Something was telling me to go back there. I couldn't go to sleep, but I was creeped out, so I didn't go. The brutal three-day battle. uh, I'm not going to read you about the Battle of Gettysburg. All right, I'm going to put this video up on the Facebook page so you guys can watch two guys driving in the dark with the lights on, seeing a uh, water droplet on the screen and apparently scaring themselves. Moving on. Alrighty. Up next in paranormal news, escaped Loch Ness Monster. A baffled fife man reckons Nessie could have escaped after a strange sighting. Andrew Brunton, who's 56, says he snapped the curious sight on Tuesday while hoping to catch a glimpse of dolphins at Chanonry Point in Fortrose. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He's in Loch Ness. So he took this photo, It's a creepy photo. I mean, it's a cool photo. It's very Nessie looking. It's obviously something with a big long neck cruising through the water. Um, he said he had no idea what the creature could be, but he's hoping other Scots can help shed some light on this sighting, which came just one day after learning about Nessie, which came just one day after learning about Nessie at the Loch Ness experience. Who the hell doesn't know about Nessie at this point? Really? He said, um, maybe Nessie has escaped and gone up the coast. I had gone to the fortrose to see the dolphins at Chinonry Point, but they didn't come out. I had been to Loch Ness the day before and thought some of the pictures of Nessie looked similar to the one I took. I don't know what it is. Who am I to make that judgment? Oh, okay, so he's in a different spot than the Loch, and he got this photo. It really does look like Nessie. He said, I thought the snap could just show a swimmer, but the only spot of the swimmer close to the shot when taking the picture. I noticed the swimmer closer in the shot. They had the full wetsuit and swimming cap on, and that's what I was trying to take a picture of. But I didn't spot the object further back in the water until I was looking back. Okay, the fact that there's a guy in the foreground, and I see what he's talking about. There's a guy in the foreground swimming, and the guy looks very similar in size to the Nessie. That would lend me to believe now that it's somebody in a wetsuit, in a black wetsuit, with their head underwater, with their arm coming out of the water like they're swimming. Okay, I think I can debunk this one and say it's probably just a swimmer, but I don't know. Being for all I know, it could be, I don't know. Well, no, it does look like it's moving. That's going to be my guess. Again, I'll throw this up on the Facebook. You guys can take a look, see what you guys think. And, um, well, yeah, just see what you guys think. Alrighty. Finally, in paranormal news. That time the CIA was convinced a self-proclaimed psychic had paranormal activities. Nope, paranormal abilities. That's it. That's the word. Alrighty, this again connects to this episode. The Central Intelligence Agency announced this week it had posted more than 12 million pages of declassified documents online. I'll be honest with you guys right now. I did not read anywhere near 12 million of the pages that they just declassified. But I have read a bunch of them. A number more than you, I bet. So there. Um, A bunch of them. But they have released 12 million pages that we all have to go through now and find the gold in all the crap. But one name included in the massive batch of records might stand out. Yuri Geller. Bwomp, bwomp, bwomp. I've told you guys about Yuri Geller in past episodes. If you don't know who he is, listen to past episodes. Listen to all the other episodes and then come back to this. Or just listen to this part. Geller is an Israeli who claims to have telepathic, remote viewing, and psychokinetic abilities. You might know him from his claims of spoon and metal bending. You might also know him as bullshit. Total and utter bullshit. He has been debunked. Not only by me, but by me, but he has been debunked by everybody—James Randi, Penn Teller, every the uh, Pendulet, everybody. Look, Yuri Geller was a decent at best magician type dude that went on to like went on to like Johnny Carson and went on all these shows and would bend spoons and forks and just blow everybody's minds. But it was all bullshit. It was all a gimmick. It was all a bit. And people figured out how he did it and debunked the fuck out of them. But anyhow, Geller told the Washington Post they became involved with the CIA in the early 1970s. The agency had grown concerned that, quote, there were people like me in Russia. He said there was a woman who could move things with her mind, and they were concerned. More on her later. According to Geller, a CIA scientist received a letter from Israel which came from another scientist who had seen Geller perform. So he wound up in America and began to undergo testing for the agency. He says, I found it very fascinating, but also very grueling because I became almost like a guinea pig. Now these experiments with Geller took place during an experiment conducted in August of 1973 in which officials wanted to see if a sequestered Geller could replicate artwork. To put it another way, here's how the documents explain the goal. The objective of this group of experimental sessions is to verify Geller's apparent paranormal perception under carefully controlled conditions, and to head towards an understanding of the physical and psychological variables underlying his apparent ability. The experiment stretched on for a few days, Geller was isolated in different ways. As a result of Geller's success in this experimental period, We consider that he has demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and unambiguous manner. Interesting, because he's bullshit. On day one of the experiments, Geller was closeted in an opaque, acoustically and electrically shielded room. Two drawings were randomly selected by searching a large dictionary and picking, picking the first word that could reasonably be drawn. The first word obtained in this manner was fuse and the object drawn was a firecracker. All target selection and pictures drawings were done with Geller already in the shielded room. Geller was notified via intercom when the target picture was drawn and taped to the wall outside his enclosure. His almost immediate response was that he saw a cylinder with a noise coming out of it. He was continuously monitored by a one-way audio circuit. His drawing to correspond to the target was a drum along with a number of other cylindrical looking drawings the next word was bunch the target grew a art drew the target drew a bunch of grapes geller said he saw drops of water coming out of the picture then he talked about purple circles finally he said that he was quite sure that he had the picture his drawing was indeed a bunch of grapes both the target picture and geller's rendition had 24 grapes in the bunch all right that's impressive i'll give him that one but Geller wasn't always able to replicate the picture, according to the records. Now, he says he remembered it differently, saying every time I was tested, I passed. Bullshit. But in one experiment called a pure clairvoyance task, a picture was drawn by a scientist who was from outside the usual group. That picture was locked in a room before Geller arrived. He was then led into the room and asked to draw it. He drew a number of pictures, all of which he rejected as not being applicable, he got no clear impressions and passed. It should be noted that the picture was drawn by a scientist of whom Geller is not fond, and Geller asked if, at the outset if that was the case. The experimenters said that that was not the case since they didn't know who had drawn the picture. Geller felt vindicated to some extent when he found out his initial guess to the artist had been correct. Ah, eh, that sounds like excuses to me. When asked if he thought the CIA wanted to use his powers for good or whether they had other motives, Geller said, I cannot answer that. I can't because I cannot deny and I cannot confirm certain missions that I was given to do by the CIA. But because I'm an ideological tailored and I'm honed to love my country, Israel, and Israel had long relationships with America and the CIA and the NSA, I cannot answer that to you. But I can tell you one thing for sure. The CIA NSA are in the business to protect the American people. They have been in that business for decades and I have nothing to say about the CIA. You can find the documents published online by the CIA very easily. I'm going to give you guys links um, a little bit later, but if you really want the links, it's pretty easy. You go to CIA.gov library slash reading room. And there are a ton of documents you're going to have to go through. But it's very interesting, and like I said, it also connects exactly to this week's episode. Alright, with that, let's close up the paranormal news bag. We'll be right back after this message. We are back, that's right! A paranormal news story, a bunch of them, kicked off this week's edition. Now, just how much did the CIA look into the paranormal and psychic abilities? Well... The short answer is, a fuck ton, A hell of a lot. The longer answer is, well, let's dive right into this week's edition with the first of many projects. Now, sure, everyone knows about the Philadelphia Experiment on October 28th, 1943. But just in case you don't, here's a quick recap, alright? The Philadelphia experiment happened in the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard where a destroyer called the USS Eldridge was equipped with several large generators said to make the ship invisible to radar via a magnetic field. They would kick on these generators. This magnetic field would envelope the ship, envelop, envelope, envelope, envelope the ship, and poof, no one would be able to see the ship on radar. Alrighty. So the Eldridge started off going slowly down the harbor. They start up the generators. And here's where it gets weird. Witnesses say a bizarre blue-green glow enveloped the ship. And then it, poof, disappeared. Didn't disappear to radar. I mean, it disappeared. It was freaking gone. Vanished completely. Reports say the Eldridge appeared in the Norfolk Naval Shipyard in Virginia. Remember, it started out in Philadelphia, poof, disappears and appears in Virginia for a full minute. Then it reappeared back in Philadelphia. Now, stories say some crew members vanished and some crew members melded with the steel hull of the ship. Now, depending on where you get your information, the generators were Tesla's design taken from his apartment after he died. Now, let me just tell you this, I can't find anything that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt the Philadelphia experiment happened. So huge grain of salt. But I gotta say, it wouldn't surprise me at all that the military jumped on Tesla's plans and rushed to build something they didn't quite understand And ended up with results like this. Look, we know Tesla did some insane experiments. Again, depending where you get your information, he was highly successful with some of the most bizarre experiments ever done with electricity. There are reports that there was a Tesla death ray. There were plans for it that they found in Tesla's apartment after he died. It's a fact that a ton of his experiments and and documents and plans all disappeared from his apartment after he died. All of that is true. But I added this one here to show if true. The military definitely seemed to have an interest in the paranormal or what was considered or is considered science fiction. Look, they were desperate to get one upsman on the rest of the world, on Russia, on The Nazis. They were desperate to figure out how they could use technology, even pseudoscience technology, to better the army or the military or America in general. So I will say the Philadelphia experiment, whether it's true or not, what is true is that the Nazis had a serious interest in the paranormal. That's a fact. When they fell, every allied country scrambled to get their hands on all of the Nazi research. Like the British and USL, USL, like the British and US intelligence initiative called Operation Alsos. Now, Operation Alsos is when they went in and tried to find everything and everyone involved in Nazi rocket science. But, it also found something they weren't expecting. It found cache of documents and artifacts that were part of the... Oh, I already forgot how to say this. Hold on one second. Let's find out how to pronounce something. Anen Erbe. Anen Erbe. All right, back to the story. They also found a ton of cache of documents and artifacts that were part of the Anen Erba which is Heinrich Himmler's science organization based at the Vevel, the Vefelsil, Well, Wellesburg, Wellsburg Castle, doesn't matter. They found it in a castle, which Himmler adopted as an SS base on the advice of occultist Karl Willigut, who was just batshit crazy and really not worth going into for this story. Look, all you need to know is he was an occultist. Himmler listened to him and said, all right, we're going to build a castle. We're going to build a base in this castle. And in this castle, in this base, we're going to delve so deep into the paranormal and the occult, mostly of the occult. All right, where were we? The Americans grab up a ton of documents from the Nennerberg and see that the Nazis were really into both the occult and the paranormal. They had, a, they had done a ton of of research, not only into runes, ancient religions, Christianity, they even tried to find the Holy Grail, and the Spear of Destiny, but also, they had done a ton of research into ESP, psychokinesis, map dowsing, and basically everything to do with psychic powers, and how to get them, or more importantly, how to learn them, how to control them, and how to master them. Now, it was later found out at the same time as the Americans and the British finding documents like these, the Russians found them as well in other German strongholds. So, this stuff was everywhere, and every ally was finding it and just scooping it up. So, all this happened in 1943. For the next 10 years, it seems that both the Americans and the Russians really continued the Nazi research in mind control and ESP on the russian side they had nina kulagina now she was a master psychic the one that yuri geller was talking about in that paranormal news story so nina was a master psychic she could stop an animal's heart with just her mind it was a frog but still that's pretty freaking crazy now nina said she learned of her powers when she hit puberty interesting and things around her moved when she got angry sound familiar it should That's the beginning of poltergeists, 100%. So she hits puberty, things around her start to move when she gets angry. Now I will say, she was caught faking psychic powers with magnets and strings many times. So I don't know how much of her powers were real. I don't know how much to believe her to be honest with you, but you can find videos of her on YouTube because she lived to 1990 now i watched a few of them and i'll be honest i thought she's just a shitty magician i wasn't really too impressed i was like yeah i've seen better magician she's not that good but maybe there's something to her maybe there really is now the russians made it seem like they had someone that can control minds so partially in response but mostly because of the nazi documents the americans started MKUltra. now Hopefully you guys will remember that I talked about MKUltra on a previous episode. So again, I'm not going to go too much into it, but MKUltra has been proven true. The American government dosed people with LSD to try and spark psychic powers. Now they called it psychopharmacology, and it went at least to the 60s under the name MKUltra. But it popped up again and again in various names and codes that I'll be talking about in just a little bit. Alrighty. So, with remote viewing operations buildings located on the Fort George Meade Army Facility in Fort Meade, Maryland, and another operation running out of, yep, Wright-Patterson. Who would have thought it? I know, shocker, right? Yep, Wright-Patterson gets wrapped up into MKUltra, wrapped up into psychic uh, abilities, if you will, wrapped up into a lot of weird shit. And so, of course, it's going to pop up here. But there, they had a secretary named Rosemary Smith who said she was a psychic and, again, grain of salt. I'm going to say it a lot during this episode. Again, grain of salt time. They trained Rosemary Smith to psychically track and even find a downed Soviet bomber in Africa, which, according to some other documents... Rosemary managed to find it using her powers within a few miles of its crash. Unbelievably, without any knowledge of what she was even looking for, she found, in Africa, a downed Soviet bomber. Other army psychics found a new Soviet Typhoon-class nuclear sub using their powers. And now, even as recent as 1991, there's a Freedom of Information Act CIA document about the continued use of psychics in the military called the anomalous mental cognition now that was a 3.9 million dollar program now you can read about the entire released classified documents i'll throw it over on the facebook page but again it's cia.gov library slash reading room i'll put a link to this specific documents but there you can see them all you can go to it you can check them all out you can see Read what what interests you and ignore the stuff that doesn't. But there's a lot of information in there. Okay, so that's the first of many programs that, again, shockingly, are still in use, presumably till today. And these classified programs have been using psychic agents for military purpose. And sorry, skeptics, they're actually getting good results from some of them. Not all of them, but some of the programs. Okay, that's just one, but let's get back in time. And let's look at others like this one that's also connected with MKUltra. And don't be surprised, a lot of these are really interconnected, a lot of these programs. Now, this one started in the 1930s with Duke University parapsychology experiments that were conducted by J.B. Ryan. Now, Ryan actually debunked BS psychics and mediums in his free time like he was very big into debunking all of these bs mediums that were a huge thing in the 30s i've talked about that in previous episodes as well but he started this parapsychology program at duke to see if any of it was true to see if there's anything true to psychic powers now he found that there did seem to be something to psychic powers under very strict scientific controls But in the end, what he said was nothing he did at Duke resulted in people with definite psychic control powers to the extent of what you think. Like someone putting their finger up to their forehead or to the side of their head, like the finger up to the temple and, you know, making you do crap. He said nothing like that was ever definitively found. But the military not only monitored his research, they eventually copied some of his techniques in yep mk ultra okay so now we're at uh, both the russians and the americans they're trying to outdo the other with psychics and other telekinetics but the programs didn't stop there here's a quick rundown of another program when the nuclear submarine uss nautilus became the first vessel to reach the north pole by traveling under the polar ice caps a sailor on board was attempting to send ESP messages using Zener cards. The what? Well, they're the black and white cards with simple images. You know, like, you know, like the beginning of Ghostbusters, where he holds up the card and she's like, oh, I see a couple of squiggly lines or a square or a circle. And that guy gets zapped and he's getting pretty sick of it. Those kind of cards. All right. So there's a sailor on board. That, uh, the USS Nautilus, they're underneath the North Pole, underneath the polar ice caps, and they sent messages using those cards to a receiver at Westinghouse facility in Friendship, Maryland. Now get this. There's actually one report that stated it had a success rate of 75%. That's right. 75%. Now word of this story was leaked to the press. Some people think it was leaked to the press so that the Russians would find out and see how well we're doing with the psychic powers. Others think it was leaked to discredit the Navy and the whole program in itself. Others think it was purposefully leaked so that the Navy could then debunk the whole program and do a press-induced cover-up. That word of it was kind of getting out there. So they leak this crazy story themselves so that people would say oh well and it's just bullshit and then boom they can go back into doing the project all covered up all top secret again what do i think i have no idea i have no idea i have no idea what is true and what's not true look it is very possible that they leaked it themselves so that the press could kind of do this whole kind of discrediting thing so they could keep it all top secret it's been they've been known to do that with military bases and other stuff Uh, top secret military planes and vessels and everything else it's a very plausible deniability it's a very plausible theory however you want to say it i can get behind it that the navy would do that so i don't know what's true on that one but we're not even close to being done yet let's talk about the program that had a bunch of names a bunch of names throughout the years now, it's all the same program. It's most commonly known as the Stargate Project. Now, the Stargate Project, spoiler, doesn't have anything to do with a ginormous wheel that people could step into and then poof, they're on the other side in some crazy weird Egyptian world. Nope. It's called the Stargate Project, but it's also known as Project Sunstreak, Project N1X, Project Center Lane, Gondola Wish, Where they got up? That one, I have no idea. Grill Flame, again, no idea. Center Lane, Sunstreak, Scanit. That's Ska-Nate. Ska-Nate? I don't know, doesn't matter. But, it also had other names. But again, it's most commonly known as the Stargate Project. At least, that's what it was called in 1991. We're not even back in the 40s and 50s and 30s. We're up to 1991 right now. Now, this project seemed to have started in 1978 at Fort Meade, Maryland, by the Defense Intelligence Agency and SRI International, which was a California contractor. Its project, or the project, was to investigate the potential for psychic phenomena in military and domestic intelligence applications. The main project was remote viewing. If you don't know what remote viewing is, that's if you're sitting in a room and you can go, oh, I see a tank heading towards the, uh, a base in Afghanistan. You know, like you're sitting in a room in California, but you can remote view and see all this shit going on. That's kind of remote viewing in a nutshell. Now our military tried, and as you've already heard, even succeeded in remote viewing around the globe. Now, even the declassified documents are are contradictory. They really are. Some say it had great success. Others say it was all a hoax. Others just say or just sound really bizarre. So again, I just don't know what to think. But I will say the fact that the project ran for at least 13 years, maybe even longer, all of it funded and run by the military, all of it top secret, I seriously doubt there were zero success stories. Whether we ever get to hear about them is another story, but again the cia was really good about sending out fake stuff to confuse the russians and other countries trying to do the same stuff that we were trying to do with psychic powers and the russians were equally good at sending out fake stuff but amongst that fake stuff there were successes a lot of successes but you got to figure out which one's real and which one's fake based on declassified documents that all came out sadly, at the same time. And with that, let's take a detour into crazy town. I'm talking batshit crazy town. A trip to Mars that happened on May 22nd, 1984. What? How? Who? What? 84? Huh? Mars? Yep. Do that for another 10 minutes And it still won't make this any less batshit crazy. Alright, well, it wasn't the typical rocket to Mars, land a rover, have some fun off-roading on the Mars surface. Nope. This one was a psychic trip to Mars. So, with that, we're talking huge grain of salt time! time. You're going to need it. You are absolutely going to need a huge grain of salt for this next part. It was called psychoenergetics, or a mental process by which an individual perceives, communicates with, communi- perceives, communicates with, and or perturbs characteristics of a designated target person or even remote in space and or time from that individual. Look, just stick with mental process or psychoenergetics because an individual perceives, communicates with, and/or perturbs characteristics of a designated target person or even remote in space and/or time from that individual is a terrible acronym. That's it. Doesn't even sound like I mean it sounds like Shield. You know, you back in the old, uh, uh, not the old, but the the Marvel movies where they you know tell you what Shield stood for. It's like that, but it would be um, M-P-I-P-C-P-C-D-T-P-E-R-S-T-I. That's what it stands for. That's the acronym for that. Now, go with psychoenergetics. All right, now you can look this one up yourself in the public reading room section of the Central Intelligence Agency websites that I talked about earlier. Here's what you want to look up. Mars Exploration, May 22nd, 1984. If you do, here's basically what happened. A subject was given a sealed envelope just prior to the interview that you can read online. Now, the subject had verbal access to, quote, selected geographic coordinates provided by the parties requesting the inter- the information. Now, you got to read through a ton of batshit, so I'm going to skip to the really bizarre good stuff. Here you go. Approved for release. Mars Exploration, May 22nd, 1984. Method of site acquisition. Sealed envelope coupled with geographic coordinates. Let's skip on down. Alrighty, so there's the monitor and the subject. The subject is the psychic. The monitor says, Alright now, using the information in the envelope I've provided, exclusively focusing your attention now. Using the information in the envelope, focus on... 40.89 degrees north by 9.55 degrees west. So the subject says, I want to say it looks like, uh, I don't know. It sort of looks like I kind of got an oblique view of a pyramid or pyramid form. It's very high. It's kind of sitting in a large depressed area. And the monitor's like, okay. And the subject goes, it's yellowish, uh, okra color. The monitor's like, all right, move in time to the time indicated in the envelope, the envelope I provided you, and describe what's happening. And the subject says, I'm tracking severe, severe clouds, more like dust storms. Ah, it's a geologic problem. Seems to be like a, uh, just a minute. I've got to iron this out. It's really weird. He goes on to say, I'm looking at an after effect of a major geological problem. And the monitor says, okay, go back in time before the geologic problem. And the subject goes, ah, total difference. It's before there's, I don't know. Oh, hell, it's like mountains of dirt appear and then disappear when you go before. I see a large flat surface, very smooth, angled walls. They're really large, though I mean they're megalithic. And he says, okay, I'm also seeing, uh, it's like a perception of a shadow of people, very tall, thin, it's only a shadow it's it's as if they were there and they're not they're not there anymore and the guy goes okay go back in time before when they're there and the subject says um it's like a lot of static on the line i keep seeing very large people they appear thin and tall they're wearing some kind of strange clothes so the monitor gives them some more geographic locations to go to he goes okay now i'm deep inside a cavern not a cavern more like a canyon I'm looking up at the sides of a steep wall that seemed to go on forever. And then there's like a structure. It's like the wall of a canyon itself has been carved again. I'm getting very large structures. Um, let me move on, move on. He says there appears to be a very large road. There's a marker, but I keep getting a Washington monument overlay. It's like an obelisk. And he says, all right, now keep moving on. Let's go to these coordinates. And he says, it's like I'm in the middle of a huge circular basin on the Range Mountains by almost all the way around. Very ragged, ragged mountains, very tall. And he goes, let's move on to a different place. So they move on to a different place. And he goes, there's something very white or reflects light there. And he goes, ah, there's the oblique um, left angle. Sun is about, sun is weird. And the guy goes, okay, look back at the ground now. Don't focus on the sun. Just go to this location. And he says, um, he keep, he keep, basically, he keeps going on about these really tall people. And it's about, it seems like it's a civilization that's not there. And he goes, I see pyramids. Can't tell it's overlay. And he goes, do these pyramids have insides and outsides? And he goes, they got both. And they're huge. So he's seeing pyramids. He doesn't know where he's at. He goes, they're like shelters from storms. And he's like, yeah, they were designed to shelter them from the storm. He said, go inside one of those. So he goes inside and he basically sees skeletons. He said it's past their time. They're dying. It's past their time or age. He said they're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive, but they just can't. They can't seem to get the uh, to get their way out. And he goes on to say that they basically sees the skeletons like they're all dead. And he goes, uh, "Okay, what's left? Is there anybody left? Where did the others go? How did they go?" And he goes, "Well." don't know what the hell it is it looks like a inside of a larger boat very rounded walls with shiny metal and he says go along with them on their journey find out where they go and he goes i got the impression of a really crazy pace place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange planets strange plants very volatile place it's very much like they're going from the frying pan into the fire the difference is there seems to be a lot of vegetation where the other place did not have it and there's a different kind of storm And he's like, okay, I want you to come back to us now. I want you to come back to us now. Come back to the time. So he goes, let's open up the envelope. So they open up the envelope, and inside, this was written. The planet Mars. Time of interest approximately 1 million years BC. Yup. What the fuck? I told you, it sounds absolutely batshit crazy. But... The actual CIA documents state that there was a psychic viewer who visited Mars 1 million years ago and saw the Martians and their cities and saw them escape in large crafts. As crazy as all of this sounds, there actually seems to be some proof that this psychic meeting really took place. Because Joseph McGonagall, I think it's McGonagall, I hope it is, because I I think he's going to listen to this episode. Joseph was the man who did it. He was also the man who did that submarine location experiment. Now, he's been awarded the Legion of Merit Award and as proof of his time in the military. But, for me anyway, the really interesting thing is he talks about this Mars experiment before it was declassified. Like, before anyone even knew about this very top secret supposed experiment. Now, he didn't just talk about it. He wrote about it. He wrote about it in his book called Mind Trek in 1993. Now, you got to remember, these documents just became declassified, just became public knowledge. This guy talked about this Mars experiment that's in these CIA documents in 1993. So in essence, we may have proof that this experiment took place from the guy who did it. Look, I don't know what to think about this one. Not even a clue what to think about this one, because it sounds so batshit crazy dumb that I immediately want to go, no, 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 no. There was not a psychic viewer who went to Mars psychically, saw the Martians, but not today from a million years ago. It's just dumb, but it just might be true how crazy is that one that that just might be true now joseph mcgonigal teaches at the monroe the monroe institute um i i guess i could read you a little bit from their website it's the monroe so if you go to monroe institute i'm sorry not.com.org if you go to monroe it says you are more than your physical body our purpose well i gotta click on to find out what the purpose is what's my purpose Our purpose, the global awakening of human consciousness. Our mission, helping people create more meaningful and joyful lives through the guided exploration of expanded consciousness. That's right, the Monroe Institute is the world leader in human consciousness exploration, founded in the early 70s as an educational and research organization by Robert A. Monroe, our experiential program are offered on our main campus in Faber, Virginia, as well as 12 additional countries and online. Using specially designed binaural, binaural beat audio guided technology, originally developed by Bob Rowe, you will learn valuable tools to explore, navigate, and use non-physical aspects of your own higher consciousness. Okay, it goes on even more hippy dippy, but again, I can't really slam it as much as I would like to because it seems like it works. And remember, Joseph McGonagall teaches there. There's got to be something to this, right? I mean, again, as batshit crazy as it sounds, there might be something to all this. If he hadn't wrote about it in 1993, I would have just went, bullshit, he read this declassified document, and now he's trying to be like, oh, that was me. I, I did that. I, yep, I went to Mars in in in, uh, in the 80s and... You know i saw them from a million years ago and boy it was crazy and yep that was all me no he talked about this happened in 84 he talked about it in 93 wasn't declassified till this year how the hell did he find out about it if it wasn't him like i don't know what to think i this one stumps me i'll admit this one's got me all right i could sit here and be flustered and and ramble on about how the hell Joseph McGonagall went to Mars in the 80s, and why he doesn't go to every planet to figure out where the hell these aliens went to, or where these Martians went to, but we gotta keep on keeping on. Alright, finally, we have Project Artichoke. I love artichokes, but that's a dumb name. Project Artichoke was a mind control program that gathered information together with the intelligence divisions of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and the FBI. Now, The project was outlined in a memo dated January 1952 that asked, Can we get in control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will, and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? Yeah, that's right. Project Artichoke is... Manchurian Candidate kind of shit. Now, as with most batshit crazy experiments, the CIA used LSD hypnosis, and total isolation as forms of physiological harassment for special interrogations on human subjects. Not only that, but it also used cocaine, marijuana, heroin, peyote, and mescaline. So, good times in this division of the CIA. Now, they didn't want the word about the Hunter S. Thompson-like party going on in their experiments to get out. So, what did they do to the subjects that they performed all these crazy like I said, Hunter S. Thompson-like experiments on? Well, they fogged the subjects' minds after their experiments on them. With amnesia resulting in faulty and vague memories of the experiences, the subjects didn't know what was true, what was not true, couldn't really recall what had happened to them, and even if they did, nobody would believe them because they'd been tripping balls for weeks at a time. Project Artichoke must have been crazy good times for those people that signed up, but they'll never remember it because, you know, they went way past the extreme on, let's see how many drugs a person can take while we're doing hypnosis and total isolation and physiological harassment and interrogating them. What a fucking messed up thing. Anyhow, Artichoke researched the potential of dengue fever and other diseases and a declassified artichoke memo read... Not all viruses have to be lethal. The objective includes those that act as short-term and long-term incapacitating agents. All right, ultimately, what they wanted, they wanted hypnosis and drugs to be a way to create assassins, teach normal, unsuspecting people to assassinate anyone the CIA wanted assassinating, including a prominent, it's been redacted politician or if necessary American official. The overseas operations took place in operations or in locations throughout Europe, Japan, Southeast Asia and the Philippines. Teams were assembled to manage these operations and they were told to quote conduct at the overseas bases operational experiments utilizing non-Americans as subjects. So not only they were talking are Amer- using American subjects, they were also using non-American subjects. And in the document, it talks about American officials and prominent politicians as targets, if you will. Now, I actually talked about Project Artichoke on a past episode about a guy named Frank Olson, who in 1953 was dosed with LSD against his knowledge. Now, a few days later, he fell out of a 13-story Manhattan hotel window. The CIA maintained, yep, he committed suicide, but his family spent decades arguing that it was murder, and this program, Project Artichoke, happened to this guy and caused his murder. Alrighty, how successful was Project Artichoke? Well, sadly, that depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. There are a bunch of people that say you cannot hypnotize someone so completely that they will become an assassin. Then, there's others who say two names that you better know as proof that you can. I'm talking about Lee Harvey Oswald and Sirhan Sirhan. Now, I know we're getting into serious grain of salt stuff again so quickly, but... There are a lot of discrepancies with both assassinations, JFK and Robert Kennedy. Everyone knows what I think about Lee Harvey Oswald. What was I told by a cop who was there the day that JFK was assassinated? If you don't, go back and listen to the episodes because I talk about it. I 100% believe there was a second shooter at the Grassy Knoll. Told to me by a cop who was there that day and saw the proof. So you can never tell me anything that will make me not think there wasn't somebody at the grassy knoll. But what about the other Kennedy? What about Robert Kennedy? You really don't have to go too far down a rabbit hole to hit conspiracies about his assassination. The number of shots fired is widely debated. As many as 13 bullets were recorded firing and supposedly all from a gun that only held eight bullets. A very clear recording from that night revealed at least two instances in which the time between shots was shorter than humanly possible to do with that gun. Not only that, it had different resonances indicating there was more than one gun. Now there was a security guard that may have been another shooter. Experts said the fatal shot to Kennedy's head came from behind from a distance of just one inch. Not from the feet away that Sirhan Sirhan was in front of Kennedy. Two other shots went into his back. How do you explain any of this? Now, Sirhan Sirhan, who's still alive, unlike Oswald, maintains to this day that he didn't kill Kennedy, he doesn't remember writing Kennedy should die and pulling the trigger, but he does remember about a girl in a polka dot dress now before i get to her though let me say robert kennedy's own son does not believe that sirhan sirhan killed his dad all right now to the polka dot girl real quick kennedy campaign worker sandy serrano reported seeing a girl in a polka dot dress running from the scene with a man accompanying her not sirhan sirhan and claiming that the girl screamed We shot him. We shot him. When they asked her who, you know, who you shot, who, what are you talking about? Serrano reported that the girl said, we shot Senator Kennedy. Evan Freed, who was also there, also saw the girl in the polka dot dress. Another witness that night reported seeing a girl in a polka dot dress with Sirhan Sirhan himself at various times during the evening, including in the kitchen area where the assassination took place. In 1974, retired LAPD officer Paul Sharaga told a newsman with KMPC in Los Angeles that as he was responding to the shooting in the hotel, an elderly couple reported to him they saw a couple in their early 20s, one who was a woman in a polka dot dress. The couple were smiling and shouting, shouting, We shot him. We killed Kennedy. We shot him. We killed him. Sharaga also stated That he filed official reports of the incident, but they disappeared and were never investigated. Well, that sounds like the other Kennedy assassination. Okay, so just who the hell is this woman? What the hell happened to her? Well, no one knows. There's a lot of theories, but I'm not going to go into these theories because I don't have enough proof for any of them. But it does lead us back into this episode, getting back to this. Alright, so there's this rabbit hole theory that the girl in the polka dot dress hypnotized Sirhan Sirhan to commit the murder basically make him a patsy to take the fall even though there was a second gunman that theory says it was a Manchurian candidate type hypnosis he was psychologically programmed by someone unknown to commit the murder he was completely unaware of his actions at the time and that his mind was quote wiped in the af- in the aftermath by the conspirators So he'd have no memory of the murder, the assassination, whatever you want to call it, or no memory of the people who programmed him. This theory was supported by a psychologist and a hypnosis expert, Dr. Edward Simpson Callis, who, after 35 hours of work with Sirhan Sirhan in San Quentin Prison in 1969, Sirhan claimed that he continued to have no memory of the assassination or its aftermath, and that Sirhan's lawyers in 2010 actually accused the CIA of hypnotizing him and making him a quote in an involuntary participant. Yup. All right. Here's a sort of reliable table of events of that night. Under hypnosis in prison, Dr. Callis made Sirhan relive the event. Sirhan Sirhan described having four Tom Collins cocktails at the ho- at the hotel before walking to his car with the intention of going home, of driving home. Now, he realized he was drunk, so he changed his mind, returned to the hotel for a coffee. There, he met a girl in a polka dot dress. She said she was also looking for a coffee. Now, he didn't know her name, but he remembered finding her sexy. Next thing he could recall, under hypnosis, was being in the hotel pantry. Robert Kennedy, had just given a victory speech, was walking through the hotel pantry, accompanied by his aides. The professor asked, Who was with you when you shot him? Sirhan said, Girl, the girl, the girl. The next thing he recalled was being tackled by security following the shooting. The doctor also concluded that Sirhan Sirhan must have had intensive hypno-training back then, and that he didn't think Sirhan Sirhan was guilty. So, is it true? Can you make someone kill under hypnosis? No idea. But again, it doesn't sound that implausible to me. Hell, if I see a donut on TV, I get a craving for a donut. So it can't be that crazy to think that someone might be programmed. They seem to do a damn good job of it. And I gotta admit, it it makes... I mean, I was gonna say it makes you think, but it makes me think. Doesn't It makes you think, doesn't it? It also makes you sleepy. Listen to the sound of my voice. You are falling asleep. When you wake up, you will get me donuts. You will have the urge to buy Kurt some donuts. Alright, before this episode ends, let me just, uh, read a little bit from the recently declassified documents on the CIA's website itself. I'm not gonna go too much into this because the episode's getting kinda long, and, you know, frankly, you guys can read, you can check it out for yourself, but, um... It is very bizarre. They talk about uh, raising judgments on the occult from the from the Nazi investigations. Could it, any of it been true? What they found from psychics. Is there any um, any logic to the right brain intuitive insight to achieve a complete comfortable grasp of the concepts involved? Let me go on to the next one. They they go into the scientific research about different aspects and different. Uh, Parts of the brain and how they could possibly go into biofeedback and psychic and um, uh, telekinesis. The role frequencies play, the role brain stimulation plays. And I don't mean like, you know, you thinking about something. I mean them actually poking different sections of the brain to try and get different results. Consciousness and energy. I mean, it really does talk. Holograms is a big one. It really does talk about a lot of stuff that you would immediately go, "That's just hoo-ha, that's just like, you know, crystals and, and chakras and some dude sitting around going, hmm, and all this other weird consciousness crap. But it was scientifically researched by the CIA. They talk about transcendental meditation, chakras and energetic centers in the body, astral travel the ability to manifest items that aren't really there, parallel universes, stargates, portals, you know, say what you will, there's a lot of really bizarre topics that are talked about in these declassified documents that it's just basically the tip of the iceberg on what the CIA was doing research into the paranormal and what responses they got from it. Look, many, many sites claim These studies never ended. They're still happening today. And not only that, many, many sites say there is indeed psychics and telekinetics in the CIA, in the government. Assassins that can use their mind to kill people. I mean, what the hell, man? This When I originally started this episode when I found out about the documents being released and I was like, Oh, that's cool. I always wanted to do an episode about the CIA and some of their weird projects that they did. Like I said, I've talked about a lot of them in the past. I had no idea the depth of bizarre topics that I would come across. Like not even remotely. If you would have told me some dude visited Mars psychically, like if you called in one night, I would have been like, Oh, uh uh-huh. Sure. But in the back of my mind, I would have been thinking, Bullshit. Now I don't know. It's confused me enough that I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, do I have psychic powers? No, not that I'm aware of. But let's let's try it anyway. But let's try something just for shits and giggles. I want you to get a deck of cards. I want you to take the cards out of the box. I want you to shuffle the cards as much as you'd like while I'm rambling right here. Take your time, shuffle some cards, cut them, Put it back on the top. Shuffle them again. You know, finish the cut. Put them back on top. Shuffle them again. Then fan them out face down. So you can't see them. Fan them out and pick a card. Did you pick the Queen of Diamonds? No, no. No, you picked the Five of Spades. Okay, if I got either of those right, you guys got to let me know. You guys got to, you know, write a review and, you know, hit the Facebook page and call up. And If I got either of those right, that's that's pretty freaking cool, huh? Or I should have done it. I should have done it more. Like you know, I'm seeing a. You you got a. Uh, you have a you have a black card. You have a, you know like either a spade or or a uh, club. I see a, I see a spade or a club. Mm, I don't see I don't see an ace. I don't see a king. I see something between like the five and the jack. There you go. That's a little bit more crazy but again if i got any of that right please you know hit me up let me know because that's cool if i did it maybe i'm psychic and i just don't know it i just have to talk about it enough for like over an hour at one sitting till i'm almost hoarse before i can become psychic who knows all right let me know if i got either of those right but more importantly what do you guys think do you think any of these programs are real do you think any of these programs actually proved that people have psychic powers or can learn psychic powers do you guys think that uh, the programs are still going on to this day? Do you guys think that some guy went to Mars psychically a million years ago and saw Martians? Boy, I just don't know what to think, man. This this ep- this whole episode confused the hell out of me. What do you think about Robert Kennedy? you think he was murdered by Sirhan Sirhan? Or do you think there was a second gunman? Have you ever looked into his? Because a ton of people look into JFK, not that many people look into Robert Kennedy. It's interesting. I'll give you that. Alright, that's enough questions for today. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvik, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. off here with the hill here with the, the grass